This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. The final score, Wrexham 6, Barnet 0. That'll do. I think this is what momentum looks like. I think it's also uh, going to be an interesting test on whether my throat can cope till the end of the season as well. An absolutely emphatic win. A, totally a reflection of how the game went because that really was as one-sided as it gets. And, um, well, I... Barnet certainly got it wrong, but I don't think how they approached it would have mattered because Wrexham were in relentless mood. Unchanged Wrexham team, unsurprisingly, and from the very start, we were at Barnet. Now, Barnet made some interesting tactical decisions. Basically, well, for the first half, I found it quite odd game to watch in the sense that Barnet made a a funky sort of tactical decision. Their shape was peculiar. And, and and I found it weird to watch it. There were often players in areas of the business. It just looked wrong. There were players where you wouldn't expect them to be. And and open vast tracts of space elsewhere. They they essentially played a, a sort of a four three three. Their left back is a centre back and he played like a left sided centre back. So it was. It almost looked like a, a back three, with no wing back on the left whatsoever. He had no interest in pushing up the pitch. He defended as narrow as possible. Now maybe this was self-preservation. Maybe I, I totally understand the desire to do this. It was an attempt to nullify Mullen and Palmer uh, by having an extra man back there to try and deal with them. Okay, fair enough. But the thing, the thing is that in doing that. Rather than by abandoning balance, they've taken on an extremely well balanced Wrexham team with a big hole in their side. In the first half, Hall Johnson just had the right wing to himself. That's not clever. I mean, if I'm honest, Hall Johnson's delivery wasn't that great, I didn't think. But he was a constant menace and a constant outball. And every time Wrexham wanted to break, you didn't have to really find Hall Johnson, just knock it from the right, and he's going to get there. It was peculiar they also do think try to congest the middle of the pitch quite a lot which is fine but it didn't stop Wrexham's midfield from completely bossing things it didn't stop Wrexham from moving the ball between the lines really quickly and accurately and as I said before it did have the small matter of leaving you know feasibly the best attacking wide player in the division with a wing to himself it wasn't smart um, and like I said, their levels of quality. I, I, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. Uh, you know, create a special hang barn is out to dry podcast here. But their levels were very poor. I mean, the individual mistakes were shocking. They'd have got a decent beating anyway. But this sort of imaginative attempt to nullify us just allowed us to take control from the, the very very start. I've got to say as well, though, and I don't think this is just down to Barnett's approach. In many ways, this was a performance that opened my eyes a bit. I'm not going to say it was the best performance of the season because we've taken on teams which are much better than Barnet last Saturday, for example, and played with terrific quality. However, maybe because Barnet were poor, we got a real chance to have a proper look under the bonnet at what Phil Parkinson and his coaching team are developing. Um, and it was beautiful to watch. The the distances between the players when we've got the ball and when we haven't 
it's just superb. The coherence of that unit is absolutely outstanding. The understanding of the players on where their teammates ought to be at any given point and the ability, therefore, to make the instinctive passes. The understanding of where they ought to be, of the runs they ought to make in specific points of the match. All of that was just a joy to watch. And, and it led to the most slick and fluent and convincing performance that you could imagine. This was a mismatch. This was a poor National League team against a League One team. And it showed. It's quite surprising we had to wait till the 15th minute for the first really good chance for Wrexham. But it was a goal. Um, Wrexham mixed it up. And I still see people not happy with Wrexham being direct sometimes. Uh, I've got no problem with it because it, it works. We're not direct in the sense of thumping it long. Although if we do knock a long ball, let's be honest, Palmer can bully most centre-backs at this level. But also... You know, we move the ball well through midfield, but when needs be, we have two strikers who will make the most of early service and expose those centre-backs. Like I say, I think that's why Barnett played with a third centre-back almost, because those early balls through the thirds just defined Palmer and Mullen destroy teams. You push up the pitch, Wrexham hits one of those two strikers, and all of a sudden it's two on two and, and you're getting hurt. So Wrexham are good at that sort of thing. But the other thing Wrexham did very well, the two strikers do, is they will scrap for the long ball that, that, that wasn't accurate. And this is exactly what led to the first goal. Long ball uh, up the pitch. Uh, Richards Everton was one of the, a number of Barnet defenders who had a stinker, uh, made a hash of it. Uh, but he got to it first but and took the touch on the edge of his area. Palmer is all over him and tackles him in the box. So Palmer's alone in the box, but cutting in from the left-hand side with a tight angle. It's the sort of glorious situation that everyone thinks is bound to be a goal, but as, as often as not, the striker fluffs it. He comes inside, keeper tries to narrow the angle, which is narrow anyway. Palmer fakes to be using his right foot to sweep it across the keeper. And when he's dumped the keeper down on his backside, he just rolls it past him on the other side. Lovely, calm finish. Ollie Palmer is a player and a half. And I was just relentless after this. Hall Johnson's bombing down the right-hand side. The two strikers are uh, having a field day against inferior defenders. McFadgen and Clowerth are linking well on the left. Young is in charge of the match and Davis is galloping through the middle and causing all sorts of problems. The centre-backs are joining in. It's just, it's exactly, I think, how Parkinson and his coaching team would want this game to be panning out. Hall Johnson doing well, breaking forwards and feeding Davis on the edge of the area. He hits a good, firm shot from the D, but it was too straight and held comfortably. Halfway through the half, Young sweeping a good ball out to the right-hand side. That was a nice example of just the, the sort of automated movements that Wrexham have. It's a 50-50, but that means Young's going to win it. But he doesn't look, look to win it. He knows that Mullen's going to peel out wide, or somebody is. And so he gets there, and he's able to get a cute little topo touch, not just to win the tackle, but to work it wide. Mullen sweeps the ball into the box, McFadgen knocks it down and Palmer, six yards out, back to goal, turns and hits a shot. But one thing Barnett did do on occasion to save themselves was defend so deep in a six-yard box that, that a shot couldn't get through and it's blocked under the bar. Then, a cute little moment, which I must have, to be honest, I've looked at the footage. It didn't look quite as exciting in the footage, but it, it was a better effort than it looked. <coughs> Wrexham win a short free kick. 
taken quickly, just tapped to Young in midfield, who was surging forwards, and from a good 30 yards out, it's a vicious skipping shot, which is always going just wide of the left post. The keeper wasn't too worried, but if it, if it had been about a, a yard to the right, he'd have been having a, a heck of a panic. <clears throat> the relentless pressure continues. The ball's played long, and drops for Davis, who is clearly fouled on the edge of the D. But he's managed to get his pass off as he does so. And Mullen, from 15 yards out, with a clear sight of goal, you expect him to score. The ref plays a very good advantage. Drills it on target. A lunging defender manages to deflect it over the bar. And the ref pulls it straight back for the free kick in the D. <clears throat> Wrexham were not happy. Um, I think partly because it was a very poor tackle on Davis. And I've got to say that in a, in a competitive game, the referee, Mr Barlow, would have been uh, a bit of a disaster because his... His, well, he was erratic in his decision-making. It shouldn't have been yellow. Barnett, from time-wasting and technical fouling, um, could have got a lot of yellow cards in that game. But also because Mullen struck it, the lunging defender may well have handled it. He, he dived in with his arm up a bit. It's impossible to tell from the footage what happened. But Wrexham were adamant it was a penalty. The ref, anyway, pulled it back for the free kick. And Davis went full knuckleball. It was beautiful. Uh, the keeper's wall was very tall on the keeper's side, which sends the message to Davis the keeper's going to gamble and go across to the other side. Um, Davis, well, uh, you know, maybe the Dover goalkeeper could have pointed that up to Barnett that Davis is not scared to go and keep side because he can get whip and pace and just score. <laughs> this time, he went for a knuckleball. It was fabulous, trying to put it in the top corner of the keeper's side. <clears throat> at first, when he hit it, I, on commentary, I was saying, oh dear me, he said that much too hard, and then realised it dipped and nearly dropped in the top corner. It was fabulous technique. <clears throat> the second goal was coming, though, obviously. It comes from a long Toza throw. They weren't dealing with Toza throws at all, but this was the most obvious example of that. Toza hurling it into the heart of the six-yard box. Hayden getting up, beating his man with power and planting a great header on target. A superb save. The ball drops loose and from close range in the six-yard box, but a very, very tight angle. Mullen just slams it into the roof of the net. No fuss whatsoever. Wrexham two goals up and then cruised a little bit for a spell in, in the, this first half before opening Dover up with a very satisfying spell of play, which started in Dover knocking it long. Greco Cox on the chase, uh, running at the last defender, McFadden. He did really well to stay on his feet and force Greco Cox to try and do something. And while he was setting himself, Luke Young, from absolutely nowhere, came sprinting back, nicked the ball off uh, Greco Cox, and then started to move from the edge of his own area, feeding it forwards, Davis helping it on to James Jones, who pops it off to Palmer. Palmer slamming a powerful shot from the edge of the area, which takes a deflection. Could have gone anyway, but swung wide for a corner. Then it was Palmer surging through the centre with a, a powerful, terrific run. Mullen made an excellent run down the left channel. Probably, with hindsight, Palmer should have played him in, certainly the crowd thought so. However... The truth is that as Palmer kept going, I think he was caught in two minds because Mullen's run was so good that it offered a, a nice target, but it was also so good that it dragged the centre-backs across and suddenly everything opened up in front of him. So Palmer, faced of two glorious options, kind of fell between two stools. 
and didn't get his shot off. But again, it wasn't long to wait. And throughout this game, it wasn't long to wait for the next goal. It came in the last minute of the first half. And <clears throat> it was Mullen feeding the ball in to the edge of the area of a nice clipped ball. Davis bringing it down, driving into the box. I've got to be honest, I thought he was being fouled by Greenwich. Um, but he managed, as he went down, being pulled to, to hold him off, get it onto his left foot and squeeze a nice finish into the bottom right corner to give Wrexham the 3-0 lead, which, quite frankly, the balance of play pretty much justified. So Barnett went in, having been utterly eviscerated in the first half. The horrible thing for them was that the second half was worse. Barnett did have little spells where they tried to bring it forward. They had no threat. But they've got four quite nippy, quick uh, strikers. And, and you know they, they tried to move it around a bit. But as the half wore on, they completely lost any grip on possession that, that they might have had. And in the second half, they really did fall to pieces. Palmer set the tone early on by trying an audacious shot from the right-hand side of the box, which went well over before uh, Barnett's one moment of worthy of mention. Ephraim mason Clark, just who is, like, from what I've scouted on them, I think their best player did really well to surge through the middle and hit an excellent shot from 25 yards, which hit the bar and bounced back down. Absolutely no chance for Dibble. But Wrexham just went straight up the other end, having seen that happen, and punished them. Firstly, it was Palmer picking the ball up uh, through another arrow when the ball's knocked long by Richard Everton. Uh, but, uh, sorry, no, I beg your pardon. I'm going to rephrase that. After the shot at the bar, Mason Clark scurrying back into midfield, tries to play the ball backwards into his own half, gets it completely wrong and sells his, the recipient short. He's aiming for de Havilland. He manages to pick out Palmer. He pops it to Mullen, who drives in a powerful shot from just inside the box. A good agile save to put it behind for the corner. The corner is swept in under the bar. Hayden at full stretch somehow manages to keep the ball alive. It bounces back into the six-yard box and Toza gleefully lashes the ball into the roof of the net. His first goal for Wrexham. Can't believe it's taken so long, to be honest, because he's such a threat and Wrexham 4-0 up. And still, the pressure kept coming. Toza with a long-range shot. Palmer back again in the six-yard box, pivoting and hitting a shot, which is blocked. Again, the crowd of players denying Wrexham. Before the 66th minute, Phil Parkinson started a round of valedictory substitutions. Liam McAlinden coming on to rest Jordan Davis. And McAlinden was very busy in his central midfield position and was immediately involved. He nearly got his first goal for the club when he chased the ball to the corner flag. <clears throat> Clearly, to me, was trying to knock it off one of the two defenders who had him penned in to try and win a corner. Missed them and the ball bizarrely hit the outside of the post before going behind. <clears throat> it was deeply abusing. What a way that would have been from Torpenner's account. Barnett then showed their harem, scarum nature. By this point, they were shell-shocked. They were gone by this point. Uh, I mean, as Neil Williams in commentary quite rightly pointed out, they look bad because we're so good. And you're 100% correct. 
But I think in the last 15 or so minutes, Barnett's head went completely as well. The keeper scrambling across to take a quick short goal kick. I mean, why take a quick goal kick? Well, probably because he can give the ball to a player before he's closed down. But sadly, he was in such a rush to do so, he plonks it down the left side of a six-yard box and then hurriedly sweeps his foot through it and clips a rather awkward, ugly bouncing ball to the centre-back who's standing on the opposite corner of the six-yard box. He scuffs it forwards. Now the press is on. Wrexham win it back and can't quite fashion a clear opportunity. But it summed up how things were going. And it kept the play up that pitch and moments later Wrexham would get the fifth Clareth, glorious stuff dancing down the left hand side on the overlap cutting into the box beating his man pulling it back again McElinden he's going to get his first goal for Wrexham he's on mark six yards out he scuffs it horribly wide but we are pouring forwards at this stage and Hall Johnson from wing back is tearing into the box completely unmarked and arrives in the six yard box to tap the ball home and it's 5-0 and of course, it just keeps coming. Young sweeps a corner in to the far post, which Hayden very nearly reached with a goal at his mercy. Couldn't quite stretch to get there. Then another nice move ends with McAlinden getting the ball in the D, clear sight of goal. Now he'll get his first goal for Wrexham. He slams it in on target. But unfortunately, Hall Johnson, who continued his run into the box after feeding McAlinden, is standing in the way and he deflects it wide of goal. Poor McAlinden. Um... <laughs> But in the 86 minute, he got it. He finally got it. And it was a fitting goal in that it showcased a lot of what's good about McAlinden. And it was also a fitting goal because Barnett were embarrassing. McAlinden gets it in his own half and just starts running straight through the middle. And Barnett's defence obligingly opens up. And he gets to the edge of the area with no one challenging him, drills in a shot. It's a little bit too close to the keeper who does not do well, he goes down to his left and just pushes it straight back out and McLinden runs onto it and gleefully launches it and has a proper celebration like Tozer at last, his first goal for Wrexham. Uh, there could have been more. Dan Jarvis and Dior Angus had come on with a quarter on our left to rest the front, the front two. They both got magnificent ovations, as you might imagine. In the last eight games, and I'm not counting the Arts County match in this, because they both came on as subs. The last eight games in which Mullen and Palmer started together, they've both scored in five of them. Dear Lord. Um, so they got great ovations. Angus and Jarvis came on up front in their place. Angus was full of energy as always. Jarvis was full of guile as always. Jarvis had a decent shout for a penalty in the second minute by the time he ran into the box down the left channel. Lunging challenge by Marshall. Um, <clears throat> the ref didn't give it. I can't help thinking a big part of that was that he wasn't great and he had sympathy for Barnett's. That's not your role, Rev. Also, I mean, the one thing that maybe saves Marshall is he lunges in stupidly, maybe doesn't quite fully reach Jarvis, who, who runs into his leg. I'm not saying Jarvis was playing for it, but Marshall's wild lunge maybe drops six inches short of actually hitting Jarvis and it's his run that runs him into it. It's still a penalty, but the referee, I think, sees a chance to let Barnett off the hook. But they weren't let off the hook. Wrexham were relentless and magnificent. And a 6-0 win that does so many wonderful, wonderful things. You know, Stockport must be looking at this now and thinking, oh, we were coasting. But then last Saturday, we came up against someone better than us. We didn't know that existed. And, oh my gosh, they just won 6-0 as well. Our goal difference, by the way, was 16 worse than Stockport before this match. Now it's 10 worse. 
<laughs> that's a bit of a substantial difference, isn't it? Suddenly you think hmm, we could make a difference here. That could that could be turned around. Um, they've got to be looking at this, looking at their running and thinking, "Ooh, Wrexham are on fire. Are they going to drop points?" Uh, the the performance is all round. Dibble had nothing to do, genuinely nothing to do. The three at the back, excellent. Toza, probably the boss of them in, in a way, very composed in the early stages when Barnett did come forwards a couple of times. But the other two were excellent too. Hayden kept winning aerial battles, really dominant. Cloweth, terrific. Skipper his step, charging forwards, doing all sorts. And defensively, very calm, very good on the ball. The wing-backs, Hall Johnson. Like I said, maybe in the first half his, <clears throat> his end brother could have been a bit better, but he was a hell of a menace. In the second half, actually, they, they closed that avenue a little bit, and I thought, actually, Hall Johnson's end brother was better. McFadden constantly up and down the wing. Well, no, constantly up the wing, <laughs> we should probably say, causing issues. Again, his interplay with Cloweth is excellent. And the centre-mids were just fabulous. Jones's work rate is ludicrous. The number of times he won tackles, he's always on the move. He's like a blur. I'm going to try and get that as the next nickname to become popular. James the Blur Jones. It's not going to work, but I like it. He's just never still. Uh, Young was magnificent, utterly magnificent. Won the game in midfield, tackling, passing, everything. Oh, no goal. Still no goal by Luke Young this season. Bizarre. Jordan Davis, sheer class. Scored one, could have scored others. And then up front, the two strikers just had complete control of the game. The lads who came off the bench did well. Angus's energy was great, so was McElindon's. And then Jarvis was crafty and won a penalty which wasn't given. This was tasty. I would accept more of this. And this maximum team looked like the sort of side that might just oblige. Fantastic support again. Again over 8,000. Brilliant day for Wrexham. And if I was Stockport, I'd just be getting a slightly edgy feeling. With a final score of Wrexham 6, Barnet 0, I'm Mark Griffiths from Wrexham AFC. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.